everybody. I'm Bruce Martin. And I'm his sidekick, Roger Martin, the elder brother. Also known as the Chuckle Track. Here on, <laughs> here on Inglorious Pastures. Right, we'll just cue that again and again. You may hear that sound again sometime today. Season 4, episode 1, because episode 0 was last week. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe you did something that's never been done before in podcast history, if there's been podcast zero, if that's it, I just think that's... Oh, I'm sure The Office came up with that long before we did. Hey, I'm I'm sure our Listeners. listener, our listener... <laughs> a little brain empty there? No. I'm sure our listener yeah. um, is <laughs> concerned about... Joy! Is concerned about how... <clears throat> Uh, you're recovering from COVID because, on a serious note, you I mean, really think everyone's concerned about that, right? No, now. I do think people are. Um, well, uh, yes, well, they are. People got, have died from this, and I'm I not know. trying to be. No, I got to. No, I'm serious. Well, what we're headed toward: 400,000 deaths in the United States alone wow. right now. Wow, I did not. And I remember last <clears> year <throat> in February they were saying this could exceed 400,000 deaths, and they were like, "No, that's not possible." I'm like. Well, it turns out it is. Yeah, and it's not like we're trending down right now. No, we're, we're trending through the roof. The scary part is hospitals, which that, which didn't happen early in the year. We were concerned about that. But now it's happening. You know, L.A. right now, they literally have emergency room ambulances backed up for hours. They're having to ration oxygen really? throughout the hospital. They've got so many people <sighs> in the hospital with COVID right now. And I found that. I mean, part of the a little sobering thing with that is... California has had stricter guidelines. I mean, on the on the on the scale of states, I mean, they I think are on that pretty. Yeah, that's that's part of the sobering. Yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> but thankfully, and I'm very grateful. I I really for a week had for about eight seven eight days had mild symptoms. Okay. So for me, it was a headache. And body aches. The body aches were the worst. It was interesting how that affected me. Well, and I remember that, you told me. I mean, I, there was one morning you well, said... Well, last week I couldn't do the podcast. I mean, not on Wednesday. We did it on Friday. Well, the week before. Was it the week before? Because I said... Right. You said literally every... You said every cell in, in my, my body, body hurts. hurts. <laughs> it was true. Couldn't talk without pain. Couldn't walk without pain. Everything. Just moving was painful and when you try to sleep at night you could never get comfortable because you would get into one position and you'd feel relief for 10 seconds you're like oh that feels good and then it would start hurting and then, oh. then you'd roll to another position and you're like oh that feels good and then 10 seconds later it's hurt it was the most it was weird because you um, had at least one night i think two you said you two, really hardly slept at all. at all yeah no it was just almost impossible to sleep so i'd get up <laughs> early and and do reading and if you, but the one night that it was worst, this was, I couldn't even watch Netflix. I mean, how bad does it have to be where you can't watch I Netflix? I can't even push the remote. <laughs> no, it was like bizarre. It was painful to watch, painful to use your eyes. So I'm doing, as far as COVID goes, I'm doing great. Good. I think I'm completely out of the woods on that. It's interesting, my eye, that whatever nerve damage happened, went through those headaches because I had 10 days of like headaches, but thus an MRI and everything else with all of that. This this pupil is still constricted. This eye is still a little low. It's a little red still. Yeah. It's an it's weird. So I'm starting to understand these colloquialisms we use all the time. Like that really struck a nerve. Well, when something strikes a nerve, yeah, it can stay for a long, long time. In okay. other words, we're hoping this is not any kind of permanent <laughs> nerve damage. <laughs> but 
Where you have a perpetual wink? Well, yeah, or or a Bell's palsy thing, where you start, you know, the side. <laughs> Marlon is like, I think the whole side of your face is drooping. I'm like, stop it. It's not drooping. I'm not saying droopage, no. See, I can smile. Yes. Which is good. It's just this eye. It's a little... Can you see the eye? The eyes are a little weird. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, episode one. Yes. Do you want to talk playoffs? Neither of our teams are in it, but Tom Brady is. <laughs> Tom Brady. Um, That's amazing. 43 I'm years I'm not old. kidding you. I... I'm just going to say uh, we don't have to go. We don't have to elaborate on this because this podcast isn't just about football, but it is about football. Don't get me wrong here. <laughs> it makes me wonder how much a part of the overall system really hinged on a on a super effective quarterback like Tom Brady, because Tampa Bay has not been able to do much down south until this year. Not only they get the playoffs, but they win their first playoff game. Right. Uh, it's just how much does one person potentially bring to any team in terms of experience? Athleticism. Well, I think that. you're making the point that there. Some may be saying, "Well, yeah, duh." I mean, at, at the level, of, he has won six Super Bowls. Well, what I mean is, I think there is this reiteration: of, the quarterback position, yes, is is just huge. Yeah, the the leadership. You said the word experience, <clears throat> uh, the the confidence, but it's like even where you've seen a team. That's had success, but if their quarterback starts going south, let's say Carson Wentz, you know, just where for whatever, right, whatever has reason. played at a very high right. level, but when his play starts dropping off, it's hard for the team to over. You know that it's just interesting in the sport that 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 position is understandably so huge. And what's also <laughs> interesting on the other side, you know, we're looking at the other side of the coin. I think of Stafford at the Detroit Lions, who right. has played at a high level every year that he has been there. Right. And yet they can't get over the hump. It's a little like when Detroit had Barry Sanders. You know, right. Extraordinary talent, leadership, all of that, but couldn't get, and maybe that's just a Detroit thing, but it's still, it's just interesting right. how all that's kind of working out um, this year. But the quarterback position, in other words, whoever is leading the thing, that's an important role. Well, and and the other thing that with football, because I came across this kind of fun factoid this week, but but the other thing with football is, and it's a huge part of sort of the conversation around the New England Patriots, for instance, you know, is it Brady or Belichick? <clears throat> but the fact you even have the conversation is, I think coaching is still huge. Yep. It's huge. So, because... Um, in terms of, okay, so quarterback is huge, but even where you have an average quarterback, the coaching can make so much difference. And I can look back to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, uh, Patriots are playing the Rams, and their offense can't really do anything, but they're ho- holding this ridiculously high-powered offense, this defensive scheme yeah. Belichick put yeah. together. Um, and, again, just how critical that is um and you just look across the league where coaching just there's a pattern with teams that tend to be showing up time and time and time again you're looking at certain kind of coaching so here's the fun factoid i came across is 1994 yeah 
um, <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Browns head coach is Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Defensive coach is defensive coach at. Hang on, hang on. 1994. 1994. Cleveland Cleveland Browns defensive coach. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Was it really? It was. Oh, no, that was literally just a guess. No. So, I'm just going to snapshot in history. 27 years ago, 27 years ago. Oh, my gosh. um, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban were coaching together. And who could know that, that... That's kind of illegal. ...that you now have... It's just that reminder, 27 years ago, no one could envision that you'd have yeah. two coaches that are considered in their fields to be significantly the in best, the conversation... The best ever. ...of the best ever. And they were on... And Belichick was fired the next year. Uh, I mean, it's just interesting. <laughs> well, Cleveland finally made it into the playoffs. Yes. And they won a playoff game, which is good. Hey, but here's the fact what I was going to bring, then we can move on to important things, okay? But this is amazing to me. This is the difference to me between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I was a Peyton Manning fan, Tennessee guy, went to Denver, won a Super Bowl, loved the guy, but he couldn't throw the ball more than 15 yards in his final year. <laughs> Tom Brady leads the NFL this year in downfield passing. He's the number, I mean, he's got more yards downfield right. than anyone in the league. He's 43. He's 43. I remember back a couple of years ago, Peyton Manning, bless his heart, he would take it back here. He had his whole body into it. He would sling it, I mean, as hard as he could, and the ball would flutter, woo, 12 and a half yards. Now, the good news was there was always a person at that 12 and a half yards to catch it on our team, but it was still, there wasn't any downfield passing. And Doc Brady's just sling. It's just amazing. I mean, that is amazing to me. Yeah. And how accurate he still is. Right. So he's not just slinging it. Yep. He's still putting it on the money. Now, he's got some anyway. burners there in Tampa Bay, which oh. helps as well. He, well. Like when he had Randy Moss, he's like, you just throw the ball up in the <laughs> right. air. They will run under it. Right. So which, there are some things. Which is nice. Because uh, he's not going to throw that short ball. He's going to, he's going to, anyway. But it is fun. The, on that front, too, Tampa Bay hasn't been a playoff for years. Buffalo, Buffalo back Cleveland, finally, Cleveland. So those three stories. Well, and I, I do love as much as I love the Patriots. I do love the story of that under the team that hasn't been getting in. Yes, that's the fun part of this year. And I love this. The one last byline story is you have four old quarterbacks that got the playoffs and four young quarterbacks that got the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you almost have this. Young, it's almost the young guys versus the old guys. Drew Drew Brees is forty two as of tomorrow. Forty. <laughs> Too. Well, he and Brady play, so we're going to eliminate one of the old guys. One of the old guys going to be out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 37. And then uh, Roethlisberger, who's out now, was like 37-ish. I think, yeah. Right, at in, that least. Same, right, in, that same, yeah. right in that same zone. But then you have the, the Josh Allen, which I was watching him. I'm very impressed. I didn't watch a single Buffalo game, but watching yep. him in that game, I'm like, his release is ridiculous. Yep. Fast, quick, get it out. Uh, you have a Lamar. Kansas City kid is still pretty good. Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. Uh, Lamar, Lamar at uh, Jackson. Lamar Jackson Ravens played very very well. His mm-hmm. that run that he had on that game was just stupid good. Right. No. And then the the, the Jared Goff is back after you know after kind of struggling for yep. two years. He's he's got his team back. Great defense though, which is the big. Yep. 
anyway, it's just going to be fun to watch even this weekend what happens in the playoffs and all yeah. these different storylines right. going on. So, well, I had re- even coming out of the sort of the <clears throat> the Nick Saban, Bill, Bill Belichick. I kind of was looking at that, and I was I was just thinking about that reality. Um, don't give up too soon. Don't give up on people too soon. Good Bel- Belichick gets fired the next year. Now, 1994, after that season, Saban went to some school. It was still a small school at that point. He left, uh, but the next year, um, they ran into a little adversity because the 1994, the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. You know, Belichick got them there. But I think they might look back. Now, again, that was a long time ago. chagrin. Well, you look and say, but this whole thing of giving up too quickly, um, and we can talk about that in football, but I think there is this piece to... In life. Right. Either giving up on other people too quickly or giving up on ourselves. Um, Whether, so I look where a coach gets fired. Well, that's a punch in the gut, you know. Do I still have it? Do I? Do I could, I could give up. I could quit. Um, but so, not giving up too soon, and not giving up on others too soon. I, well, because because we're demand because we demand perfection. It, it's this thing of I remember as a Tennessee fan, other Tennessee people understand this. We long for the days when we had those miserable. <laughs> Nine and ten win seasons; those were just unbearable. And now we long for those. We haven't seen north of seven wins in a hundred years. But it is that thing of letting go too early. Now, at the same time, <clears throat> this is we're we're just countering today. It's a counterpunch day. So I was reading Jesus this week, which I do most. Yes, weeks. more than I do. <clears throat> but it's interesting. I saw a couple of things, a couple of new things. So in this passage where, where Jesus was talking about, we talked last week about the Tower of Siloam that fell on these 12 and these, these people in Jerusalem, killed 18 people, and the Galilean tragedy of the people. So they had a Judean tragedy and a Galilean tragedy. So Jesus references both of them. It might have been even Judeans that were saying, hey, did you hear about what happened to the Galileans? Those guys are bad. And he's like, do you think you're better than them? And so then he references Judea. But right after that, after he references the fall, the Tower in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. he says this. He says, let me tell you a little story. It's for the first time I saw it painted this way under, in the context. Mm-hmm. He said uh, there was a guy who had a field, and he was trying to grow this particular tree in this field, and he had a gardener that was working on it year after year, and he had given that tree three years to bear fruit. And it, it, was not, it wasn't bearing fruit. So apparently it grew up and looked okay, but it was not bearing fruit. So he told his gardener, I want you to cut it down. And the gardener said, give it one more year. Hang on. Give it one more year. Let's see if it bears fruit. If it doesn't, then we'll cut it down. And I started thinking, Jesus, Jesus had that we know of had three years of ministry, calling people to repentance and to, to, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And and in this moment, he's he's telling people one last time. Oh wait, if you think you're better than all, unless you repent, you'll also perish. And he says, and and there's a time frame on that. Mm-hmm. Now that's the sobering thing to me. There's a time frame on that. Mm-hmm. In other words, even Peter references later. Don't don't imagine that that God waiting. It's his it's his kindness that allows the waiting. But but Jesus calls us over and over again to this place of repentance, and he says, "Don't wait." And reading reading him this morning, he yes. says, "If you if you're even offering 
a gift at the altar. It, 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 and you realize someone has something against you. He said, I want you to go to them and be reconciled to them first before you give this gift to the altar. What's his very next statement? If your adversary is taking you to court, manage it on the way to court. Take yep. care. Do it quickly yeah. or things will only get worse. It's an interesting thing that in much of Jesus' teaching now as I'm, I'm looking at it, there's a time frame. And he says, don't wait. And Jesus was always, uh, when you look at Matthew uh, 24 and 25, he would tell stories of, of hey, the, I'm going to return. I'm coming back. So don't wait to get things right. when you, when you you It's going to happen when you don't think it's going to happen. Anyway, all of that to say, it's just been reminding. It's been, if there's any area that God is calling me to repent, to change, to turn to him, I don't need to wait. I need to do that now. I need to be reconciled on that front now. I'm going to, so uh, dig into that. So why, what are things that, that cause us to wait? Why do we wait? I'm, t- I'm talking about there's something we see that we ought to, I guess the most obvious is we just don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. <laughs> we, we, uh, well, whether, like even the. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Forgive, we don't want to do it. Forgive your brother or what, if you have something against your brother, go to them. <laughs> Well, I just think, yeah, so a lot of times, yeah, or if someone, we just don't want to. Right, or if I've wronged someone, I don't want to because of the possible consequences for me. In other words, if I admit that I was wrong in doing this, right. there's consequences that, that I may experience right. or a debt that I might have to repay because I'm yes. acknowledging what I did was wrong. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> there's a humbling, I think because, again, even there, acknowledging I was wrong I think the things that cause me to push back uh, is something's going to make me look bad. Something is going to hurt my reputation. Yep. So I, I don't do a thing because of image or, um, well, or even in our culture, legal ramifications. You know, if you accept responsibility publicly for something, there's there's legal ramifications. Right. There's there's a cost that you're going to. To pay for that, I was trying to think of Jesus talks about <coughs> other stories where he said, because this was something that was very convicting to me. He said, when, "In this thing of don't wait, you need to you need to be reconciled to God now. You need if there's a place that God's calling you to repentance, you need to do that." And he says, Peter says, "Are you talking to everyone right now, or are you just talking to us?" And so Jesus says to Peter, he said, "Hey, who's the who's the servant who's been put in charge of giving the servants the other servants their food at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant if his master finds him doing it, but." If he thinks, hey, my master has been gone a long time, doesn't seem to be any hurry to come back, and all of a sudden he begins to take advantage of or use or oppress the, the, his fellow servants and eat and drink. In other words, he starts living for self and taking care of himself at the expense of others. Jesus says the, the master is going to come to that person at a time that they don't expect. And I'm thinking, so what makes us, going back to your question, what makes us wait? Well, it just seems like, and, and Jesus actually used these words. Things have been going on like they've been going since the beginning of time. Nothing's mm-hmm. really changed. Maybe we forget that that a day of reckoning is coming. It's on the horizon for this for this world. Right. I, that that <clears throat> that thing. I've got plenty of time. Um, I've got plenty of time. Right. I've got plenty of time. I'll reconcile at a point. I will do this thing. It's not that I'm unwilling to do it. Just not now. Right. I've got well, plenty of time. We talk about procrastination, yeah. which can be fueled by, okay, yes, something I don't want to do, or something that's going to be a little uncomfortable, or something that 
but I do think that can be under the surface. We just feel like I've got time. But then I, I think back even to these. Um, remember that song, I Just Wish I Would Have Told You, speaking about his dad, in the living years, mm-hmm. when you were around. I just wish I had said this. I thought I was going to have more time. And and so often you'll have with someone, when someone's passed, maybe at a funeral, yeah. someone say, say what you need to say. Do what, you know, don't assume you think you've got all this time. And even in, in, in relationships, um, to reconcile, I wish, it was very funny, again, sobering, because Barry Gibbs said this at the Bee Gees. He said, the hardest thing, he says, he says, with every one of my brothers who died, when they died, we weren't getting on. Oh. We weren't getting on. And he could almost, he was close to cracking up um, when he talked about, because they loved each other. You listen to, if you listen to Barry Gibb, even now talk, it's just um, what he talked about, you know, working together with his brothers and how much they loved that and so on. Um, but this regret that I didn't, I didn't fix, I, I could and I think the thought I've, I've got time. It's you know we'll we'll, and that's that's a, just a a dangerous assumption. I think that's one of the reminders of Jesus is right. You you don't don't assume anything about time. And I guess if there's anything, twenty twenty one and now twenty. Right. I mean, 2020 and 2021 have taught us now is... It's a combined year, by the way. <laughs> right. It's just all 2021. We're just going to... 2021. I'm not... I'm talking about both years. We're so pairing them now. We're pairing they're, them now. They're, <laughs> that era. That era. That's <laughs> right. The era. The, that... Yes. So that era now we're... Uh, it should be a reminder, a, a p- painful, powerful reminder... Uh, don't assume too much, and, and and the sin really of presumption. Yeah, you know, because I've when I've taught on this, I've often taught even about the sin of procrastination. This idea of hey, um, next year we're going to do this and, and this, and then then James finishes that whole talk by saying, therefore, if there's good that you know you should do today, don't wait. In essence, don't wait for tomorrow. And I've always yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, the sin yeah. of procrastination. But I realize it's actually the sin of presumption. <laughs> I'm assuming something about the future that I don't. Yeah. That I don't know. Yeah, James says, watch out, you who say, oh, tomorrow we'll do this. Tomorrow we'll go here. 2021's we'll, going to we'll be better. Buy, we'll <laughs> buy and sell. Yeah. It'll all be great. And he says, you don't even know. Well, yeah. So it made me, on December 23rd, as I'm laying in an MRI, on an MRI table getting an MRI done, it makes you think about what are the things, if this turns into something bad, what are the things that I will have wished that I had done? Or needed to have done, or need, or still need to get done. And Interesting. So you were almost—is that what you—you you had a moment? Is that what you're saying that you were actually starting to think? Maybe a list of things that I wish. Oh yeah, I if 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 this MRI brings up really bad news. Yeah. And no doubt, some people are thinking about this even with COVID. If you get right. get COVID, where can this go? Um, so you started thinking about what what, oh. what came to mind? Can well, I ask? Sure, what? You, can, you can ask. 
My wife doesn't know most of these things, but that's okay. Oh, gosh. No, I told her. I did tell her at one point. I said, look, if this thing goes really bad here, okay, I will divorce you so that all the medical bills are mine alone. She wasn't real thrilled with that concept. I, I, we're not advising that. We're no. not counseling anyone there. No, that was just in a moment of, of fleshly Bruce there. A couple things that I thought. I thought, all right, if this sounded like it was really like terminal, I'm like, I would like to write a book quickly called dying well and here's why i just think i and i'm not a super spiritual i'm a little bit goofy i know i'm very goofy but when i think of dying i don't i don't think i approach it the way other people do in terms of i and some of this is my wiring i'm always looking forward to next so there's a part of me that's like yes. i want to know what's next right i oh. kind of i kind of want to know paradise that jesus spoke to the the criminal on the cross i, I kind of want to know what that is I kind of want to skip ahead to the new order when Jesus says the old order of things has passed. So there's a part of me. No, by personality, that's the way you are. I'm just like you. You you love that next thing. You like I moving on to next that next thing. thing. <laughs> so I'm like that would be sort of cool. But I would love to write a little bit, and maybe I will even this year about some things I thought about because you do think about mortality when when your doctors are saying you need an MRI right this minute, and we're like, so it can't wait. Like after the hot, nope, we're gonna get this now. It makes you think, well, what if I don't have that much time? Yes, yes. When, and, uh, by the way, yeah. I'll take my cues from the doctor. When the doctor uh, seems yes. concerned. When the doctor <laughs> seems panicky. He didn't. Right. Panicky, but it, it just, I realized, hey, this is a, this That's is a, serious. It's, it's a very okay, serious yes. thing. So I thought, it, it, I think that when, when, when Peter said, are you telling us, when everyone needs, Jesus was saying, you need to live ready. You need to live ready. And so Peter says, are you talking to everyone? Are you talking to us? So the disciples, the apostles had some unique calls, some unique things that, that Jesus had instructed them to do. He said, you need to be giving the food out. You need to be serving. You need to be taking care of your your fellow servants. And so I've, I got to thinking, where am I not doing that? I mean, in the four years that I haven't been pastoring a local church, there's a sense that I, you, sometimes, I mean, you may have, I'd be curious to know if you felt this, where I feel like I'm not, I'm not doing all the stuff that I ought to be doing. I'm not doing as much of it as I ought to be doing. Because I'm primarily a teacher. In whatever settings, I'm yeah, primarily a right. teacher. It's different, I think, than even a prophetic sort of gift or calling. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm a person who's feeding. And, and even when I, and you know this about me, because you do the same thing. When I'm reading scripture and I'm reading Jesus, I'm always thinking, how can I teach this? How can yeah. I teach this? Because Jesus said, make disciples and teach them in a way everything that I've... And that it's, I've, it's, it's not because... You don't think you have something to learn. It's just oh, because no. of how God's wired us as teachers. Temple, typically, until I'm convicted, it's right. not going to help other people. Right. It, right. It's those things that convict me that people say later, wow, that was so helpful. Or that was, that right. was, I'm like, well, I was preaching it to me. It killed me first. Right. right. It, it really it, it shook me first. Yeah. And so I thought about some writing things that I've thought about. Do I need to write? Do I not need to write? Uh, podcasting things. I know we're doing a podcast, but, you know, I planned last year. I had planned. Last year, got plenty of time. Apologies to James on that one. <laughs> to do a this changes everything podcast, I have not moved on that yet. Although it came up in my my Facebook feed this week. Hey, memories from earlier, <laughs> memories from twenty twenty. This changes everything. I'm like, you were going to <laughs> oh, that that the Facebook missed reminders it, missed it. Does the Holy Spirit use Facebook? That's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. No, that's good. That that just that something coming up. That's this reminder of this thing I never did. 
I'm sorry. Have I had... I hate to chuckle on that one. That's okay. Have I had conversations with my 22-year-old son that I need to have with him? And you think about mm. some of those things. He knows that I love him. It's not that... Uh, there's other conversations that I want to have with him. That that may be... Again, I've put put off... Because I've got plenty of time. We've got plenty of time. There's going to... But when you when you come to the realization of your face that that your time you may not be short. right, oh my goodness, that's very significant. That that you, that well, it, and I don't think yeah. most people know. I don't think my even wife knows how much that affected me. Okay, even going into this year, and then of course, <laughs> getting COVID nineteen like immediately following. Right, it was so you just, have an MRI scare. <laughs> you got this droopy eye. We're scared. We're we're Still really concerned about. Right. You come through that, and they say MRI scan. You're healthy as a horse, great, COVID. <laughs> and then you get COVID um, with a couple of really tough days. And when I, right. when you talked about hurting with every step, I mean, I felt some concern. I, I did some extra praying. I was, because um, that's, but yeah, that kind of reminder. So part of what I'm wrestling with now is, what are the things that I need to be about that are part of my job in the kingdom of, of making sure that the other servants are being served and cared for and and loved well and taught well. Mm. And, and again, not, not because I'm this great, but I just know I have a responsibility because Jesus finishes that whole thing with, to whom much is given, much more will be required. In mm. other words, we're responsible for what we have. We're, we're responsible for what we know. We're responsible for the gifts that God's given us. So it's, it was just, it's been a, and then a reading this week, you know, Jesus saying the tree has three years to bear fruit. It's not bearing fruit. Give it, give it one more. It's almost like the Holy Spirit pleading back to the Father. Give him, just give Bruce one more year here, and we'll give him, give him a shot at bearing fruit. And again, I realize that the context of that story was he's calling the nation of Israel to repentance, Jews to repentance. But it has, I think, import for all of us. Are there areas where where Jesus is inviting me to bear fruit or to repent? And I'm not because I think I've got plenty of time or I'm just not moving on it for whatever reason. I'm going to tell you the other sobering thought that comes to my mind that I sort of wish hadn't. Um, but Well, then don't say it. <laughs> All right. We'll leave All it. Right. Let's go on. Let me go. Else. Let's talk football. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Sorry. No, I think it's Hebrews. The author, the uh, shadowy author of Hebrews um, Paulus. says, well, he talks about this hardening of heart. And and this isn't the context. I'm trying to think, because I don't remember the exact, you're so great with remembering certain scriptures, but the Damn time man. is now. Don't, um, particularly as it relates to oh, the hardening of heart. Yes. That, that when today you're, is the day of salvation, yes. Today's the day yes. of salvation. Today, yes. um, and he reminds, lest your heart be hardened. He looks back and to Israel. Back. Yes. And you shrink back, so I was just thinking about we also when we think about it, we we may overestimate how much time we have, but I think we also underestimate the power of hardening. The longer I'm saying over time, over time, over time that that's what way hardening, of course, works is whether clay hardening, hardening, whatever, not we, hardening. We think right. It's I think what he's saying is right now where you're actually considering it, be aware that somewhere down that the road you won't be considering it. You anymore. won't be considering it. That, that, and that mirrors what Jesus said. He said, if you use what you've been given, more will be given to you. But if you don't use what you've already been given, even what you have will be taken from you. Yeah. In other words, if God is prompting me on something and I just ignore the prompt, ignore the prompt, ignore the prompt, eventually yeah. the prompt goes away. Yeah, the, the sort of 
I use had, it or lose I hadn't it. I thought about that. The har- the hardening. It's a process. It right. It's it's and and don't take it. Don't take that lightly. This is one of the things that I think I've thought about for others, and I definitely need to think about for me. Well, I've definitely I've thought about myself. Is even as someone who's decided to follow Jesus, where I say no to God and keep saying no, um, there's grace for that. I mean, I'm talking about in terms of God's, but there's still a consequence. Yep. And and when you set your heart against God and and keep it there, um, I think even even when I think about this. if this is in the same vein, but this word around the, the Lord's table and communion, the community comes yep. together to take this bread and cup of this reminder. <clears throat> but every time you take it, and, and the church would do this often, every time you take it, examine yourself. See see what's going on in your examine heart. Examine yourself. And it's this, take care of it now. This is a reminder. There is this part of the, the liturgy, the church worship, that was built in. Here's what Jesus has done for you. You're taking this symbol, bread, yep. uh, that's a symbol of grace, uh, but it's a symbol you know, of cost and sacrifice, whatever. But every time, part of that is gratitude. I'm grateful. I'm reminded of a story. Part of it's hope. This is a reminder of a coming day. We're going to have, eat the table with the Lord. He, this is what he's prepared the for us. The old order of things has passed away. But it's also critically a time of where am I saying no? So it's it was this gracious reminder again from God to take care of stuff now. Just just take care of things now. Um, if God is speaking a word, I like don't don't imagine that voice. You're going to keep hearing that yeah. voice as loudly. I got plenty of time. Right. The hardening. Some of that is, is think about even how our ears get stopped up. You know, it's that slowly but surely, I can't seem to hear anything. Yeah. But it, this whole idea that things gradually happen over time, so don't. So part of what I'm wrestling is right now, what is the area that I'm not bearing fruit that God's inviting me to, which means there has to be a turn on my part. There needs to be a turn toward that thing. And, and again, repentance. So I think we talked about this last week. I can't remember. But repentance is often cast in a negative frame like oh repentance this sobering harsh word of uh like even you'll see signs on the courthouse here in huntsville sometimes repent or perish you know and i think they're missing the point on certain fronts but repentance is actually this beautiful positive wonderful thing that we should be drawn to when i when i think about repentance one of the stories i often tell is on the trail there was there was times where people on the trail would get turned around and, and be hiking the wrong way and I used for years an illustration of a guy who left camp. I would always have people hike in those days in triads, so you're never alone. But this one guy was moving a little slowly that morning, so he told his guys, go ahead on, I'll just meet you, I'll catch you up on the trail. Well, they went, the two left and and headed out. Well, he headed out later and went the opposite direction. And so it wasn't until he ran into a person several miles down the trail and he was asking, where is this shelter? And he's like, well, that's the other way. That this person had this, oh my gosh, I'm going the wrong way. And wasn't he glad that he found, oh, the the, the trail is this way. And I used to tell that story humorously, but not on myself, until several years later, I was leading a hike. 
I got well ahead of everybody because I'm trying to get to the camping area first. I had a bad cold, so I was a little disoriented, apparently. <laughs> and at one point, I'm just charging along, and I run into the entire group coming the other way. <laughs> and I'll never forget what the guy said to me, the guy who's he's got, the, he's got the group of men with him. He's like, oh, so where are you headed, oh, hike leader? <laughs> and I was so disoriented. I'm like, what? How did you guys get? Oh, how did you guys get ahead of me, and are now? I say, and I realized, I've been going the wrong way. So now, when I tell the story of repentance, I'm like, repentance is a wonderful. It's embarrassing at one level, but it's also beautiful. I don't want to keep going the wrong way. If there's anything God's revealed to me through O Hype Leader, it's if there's a place where I'm going the wrong way, I want to repent. I want to go the right direction. It's not, oh gosh, I wanted to go this wrong way all my life, and now I can't. No, right. it's this. I want to. So sometimes that repentance is, it's a relief to know I've been going the wrong direction. I've got to turn. Yeah. I've got to change. Right. And, of course, particularly sobering, it's wonderful you have just a little comedic kind of thing. But but you can have people that get lost, maybe even, and they're not going to ask for help. or they're not go- and, and it leads to disaster. It leads to... Um, so it's this repent again while you have the time while, because you don't know how bad things could get. We, um, it's funny how, how <clears throat> we resist humbling because repentance invariably, because I've had the moments yeah. where I was driving the wrong direction, I'm sitting with my wife in the car, whatever, and I'm doing the wrong direction. At some point... I'm going to have to make a U-turn or do a thing that makes it clear I missed it. I Just think about just how <laughs> how comically yeah. resistant I to someone knowing that I, although, of course, everybody does it. We all, and, but the longer you wait, the more time you lose, the more trouble you get into, the more, just because you won't humble yourself. So one of the things that keeps us, again, I come back to that, from doing this thing we need to do now, repenting, acknowledging in a marriage, in a friendship, uh, I was wrong. We're so resistant to that. Um, and yet but, but that inability to do that could end up in a divorce court down the road, could end up in, yeah, physical harm at some point. It, it, a, a bridge being. Deal with it now. Yeah, a bridge being. And I was just thinking earlier this year, Marlene and I were on our way to, I guess, Florida. Maybe it was on the Florida trip. So we're and we're leaving early. It was Florida trip early in the morning, and we know how to we know how to get we know how to, we know how to get to Florida. So when you leave our house, you drive a certain direction. And I always put Google Maps on, just so if there's anything that's coming up that I can't see, whether that's a an accident or a road closure or whatever right. else. She, I call her Dorothy. Dorothy will tell me, here, go another route. So all that morning, as we're heading out of, out of the house, she keeps going, make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. I'm like, I'm going, the right, I'm going the correct way. I'm going the way we always go to get out here on 72, and then I need to make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. Yeah. I finally just turned it down where you couldn't hear it anymore. And sure enough, about Interesting. two miles up, there was a bridge that was out. There was no signs about it in our community. Right. In the neighborhood where we were that said, by the way, don't go this way. The bridge is out. It, we had to, and and when I realized we got to the bridge, I'm like, she was telling me something that I didn't know. I couldn't see. 
it just makes me wonder how often is God, the Spirit of God, saying, Yes. You cannot see what's ahead. Please turn around turn now. Around. Turn, turn around. Turn around now. Don't ignore that. And the bottom line right. is, had we kept going, we would have gone through a barricade and into a raging river. Right. Because <laughs> it was very rainy at that time. Right. So, so where is the Spirit calling any of us? Yeah. Don't, to, make a, to make a U-turn. Don't ignore the voice. Um, yeah, don't ignore the voice. Don't, don't, don't ignore the... Don't turn down. Do it... Now, and I think that is, I probably, most people listening can relate to, probably, if you think very much at all, right, there's something you're saying, I know I need to address that. There's this thing I need to do. There's this thing I need to follow up on. I've, I, I've, I've heard the voice. I need to have this conversation with this person. I guess what we're reminding today is, go have that today. Don't. Don't assume you have time. Don't assume you'll keep hearing that voice. Right. Don't assume that your heart won't get a little harder. Don't assume you're always going to have the opportunity. Um, yeah, do do it today. The time, that's the biblical, you know, the time is now. Don't, yeah, don't put off. What? what yes, don't put off. Don't put off for to tomorrow, tomorrow what you can do today. today. And specifically... More to the point here, don't something that needs to happen today. Oh, something there, yeah. that, yeah. And so that's the, that, oh, I'm just remembering how James actually quoted that at the end. He said, therefore, to him that knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, in relation to you don't know if you'll have tomorrow. Right. Sins. Sins. And it's this whole idea of presuming on the future. It's a it's a sinful thing. It's not, it's a, it's a bad, it's an error. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's a bad idea. Yeah. On that front. So let's make it personal, Roger. Where do you need to repent right now? <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it home for our for our listeners right now. I could offer up several possibilities for you. Well, I battle more. I'm just kidding. I I battle more with what you do, or maybe we've talked about in this season of what things might should I be stepping toward? What yes. things should I be stepping into? I've had less of. Oh, there's this thing I know I should be doing, um, but um, although I think the little thought, in all seriousness, that comes to mind, I think what I can say is I, I have had a wrestle with and feel like I probably have put this off. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the church community looks like in this season and my role in a church community. Yeah. And I've had some concerns about some expressions of the organized church and some things that I think have gotten unhealthy. And, okay, we're too attached to a building or we're too attached to... And I, I've talked even in this podcast about a vision of a church that's more a community on mission. But I realize I don't know how much I'm taking a move toward that right now. So that, in actuality, I think in my mind I want to frame it. Oh, that's something I need to think about or I need to get to... Oh, you got three years. But that's a small, that's not a small matter. Because I do believe strongly that we need the encouragement, the accountability um, of a community. I think we need the mutual neediness of a community. They need me, I need them. We need that in this season. And, and I think probably I have gotten a bit comfortable with just... Uh, you know it's COVID season. Things are strange, so um, we'll figure we'll figure it out. Maybe we get past this COVID stretch. We'll fi 
That I think I've. I'm, yeah, yeah, I think I'm slipping a, yeah, into there's that. There's a little of that where we've. I, I've probably done that too. Oh yeah, words, for every, sure. Every, certainly. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I, it, I think all of us have dealt with that. COVID has changed so many things. But what if what if it brings necessary and important change that that needs to happen? In other words, what if church was not what I grew up believing it was, and even for 23 years as a pastor, sort of pursued? Jesus just said, "Go and make disciples." And it's interesting, the go idea versus a come and make disciples mentality. Go and make disciples. But I've attached that to certain kinds of things, things that weren't wrong, because Jesus didn't say you can't do it this way. Whatever you do, whatever you do in in making disciples, don't take one day of the week and gather on that one day of the week and do instruction. He didn't say not to do those things. But I realize if if that's the only thing that we're focused on, what are we missing? Well... COVID has pointed me, the pandemic has pointed me, there's a, there, there's, there, I don't even know where this colloquialism came from. There's more than one way to skin a cat. One, why would anyone skin a cat? Okay. B, why would one, <laughs> one want to know multiple ways of doing that? But the idea was there was so much more that you could do via video. So last night, Marlene and I, who, we've not been able to meet with our small group all year. Half the group's had COVID, half hasn't now, which is interesting. Okay. But we met with him via Zoom last night. And, and I'll be honest, Roger, it was wonderful. Marlene, I just thought this was just wonderful. This was yeah, great. So there's other ways. It just makes me keep thinking, what are, what are ways that I can pursue discipleship, this this command of Christ to make disciples that live in obedience to his commands? Uh, and what what is the role in the church gathered, whatever that means, um, for that, and then the church scattered right. every single day and all yeah. that, that that means? So maybe... In the next podcast, Roger will give us the definitive word on what community on mission can look like in 2021. And I, for one, am excited to hear about that, Roger. Well, I'm excited to hear what I'm going to say as well, because I have no idea. But if it helps me not put off something that I need to be more intentional about, that's a good thing. I well, receive it. And by the way, I said sort of laughingly, you've got three years. That's not true because in the parable, the three years have already gone by. Yes. He only had one year. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's an inter- I missed it by, Jesus said, you got one more year to get that thing cranked up there. So yes. let's, let's go bear fruit. And until next podcast, how do we finish these things? I don't, we do it different ways. Is there a thing that we say at the end? We we don't have a line. We don't have a finish line. For the rest of the story. Or, well, what is it? Um, Until we meet again. Walk with the king and be a blessing. Somebody, there used to be, there's a, uh, that was somebody's line that they used to. Um, so we, we can come up with ours. Right now it's just. I just opened you weren't offering that up. <laughs> the pastor signing out. It will. That's workable. I, past you can turn it up for signing out yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Ooh, you chuckled <laughs> I-